This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great tools and resources, some really incredible ways to connect with us. If you have a quick question, you can set up a 15-minute phone call. If you'd like a second set of eyes on your plan, or maybe you're somebody that's created your own plan, or maybe you're yelling at the radio, Tony, I don't have a plan, no problem. We can help in any of those scenarios. You can also set up a virtual or in-person appointment at any, any of our offices. You'll see a calendar and be able to schedule those directly right at Retirement Ready Show. Dot com. Got my buddy Randy Winkler. Hey, Tony. How what's, you doing? What's going on, Randy? Oh, just enjoying the, the fall weather. Had yeah. some beautiful weekends lately. Yeah, that's for sure. October's here. Yeah, hard to believe. So snow is coming eventually, but uh, hopefully yeah. it'll hold off for a few months. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a kind of a warm uh, yeah. warm fall for the Midwest. Great topic this week, Randy, I, and I'm really looking forward to the show Last August, uh, Fitch Rating, which is a heavyweight in the kind of credit rating world, made ways by downgrading the U.S. debt rating. And considering they've been analyzing financial waters for over 100 years, their opinions aren't to be taken lightly, but it really seems to fly under the radar for so many people. And if you're coasting into retirement or already enjoying those golden years, maybe it has you thinking, does this even concern me? Should I even pay attention to this? Well, you might want to brace yourself because this storm cloud, you know, really could come over your retirement horizon. And here's why. I really believe this move hits an imminent rise in your tax rates. Now, question is how imminent? Well, if you mark your calendars for December 31st of 2025, that's the day the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017 is scheduled to sunset. And when it does individual and estate tax rates are poised to shoot up. And for folks already in or approaching retirement, this could be a big curveball you didn't see coming. But hang tight. Today, Randy and I are going to break down for you um, some ways to think about that and approach this sunset. And even better, we're going to introduce you to seven strategies to possibly help you navigate these tax changes and really aim at cushioning their impact on your retirement. And you've been on the ball saving up for retirement. So many of you folks have called in or taken us up on that second set of eyes. And a lot of folks are doing a great job planning out your investments, helping make sure your money's spread out in the right places. But here's one more thing to consider. Did you factor in taxes for those golden years? Believe it or not, taxes can take a sizable bite out of your retirement savings. If future taxes slip past your retirement planning radar, don't stress We're here to help you guide you through that. You can always reach out to us or visit us at retirementreadyshow.com to set up a consultation to get together. And Randy, you know, boosting your retirement funds isn't just about chasing those big investment returns. Sometimes it really is as simple as having a game plan for future taxes. Because taxes can make or break your ability to really enjoy your retirement, on today's show, let's dive deep into this all-important topic. But the real magic, that happens when you craft a tailor-made retirement plan that helps you move towards living the retirement of your dreams. 
Now, Randy, you have such a great analogy. You know, I think sometimes people hear about tax planning and they think, well, yeah, I, I got that guy or I, I have that woman that does my tax returns each year. Yeah, I like to say that tax planning is looking out the windshield and tax prep is looking out the rearview mirror. When you're doing the tax, your taxes, you're trying to save money on taxes in that particular year. And a lot of times if you work with an accountant, that's the only window that they look out is the back window. With tax planning, looking out the windshield, we're looking out at the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years. We're looking beyond even your lifetime onto your heirs. The tax planning that we do there can sometimes seem contradictory to the stuff that maybe you know, maybe you're paying a little bit more in taxes this year, but considerably less down the road. Uh, the numbers are they can be quite shocking when you take a look at just making some some slight tax moves. And you don't have to be a billionaire to do these. These work for everybody. And in fact, in the lower tax bracket, sometimes you have even more opportunity to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and I th think, you know, for me at least, and I'll admit this, you know, many, many years ago when I got into this whole tax planning thing that's become such a passion of mine, I, I think like most people thought, you know, that that's not for, you know, I'm just a kind of average everyday middle of America guy, right? That's not for me. That's for the uber wealthy, multi, multi-millionaires, billionaires. But it really is. I mean, our clients in large part are middle of America, hardworking men and women. And it's not uncommon that we can save them six figures in federal taxes over their lifetime. But maybe let's start, Randy, by connecting the dots, you know, regarding these higher taxes. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we need to take a look at there. And the first thing is just kind of assess where we are now and where we're going. So we know that uh, taxes are going up in December of 2025. So in 2017, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was was passed, and that did a couple of things. It uh, it lowered uh, the tax rates on the brackets, and it ra dramatically raised, it doubled the uh, standard deduction. Both of those are reverting back at the end of 2025. So that means that the tax brackets are going to be higher. You're paying more taxes. And if you were expecting that nice, large standard deduction, that's going to be cut in half as well. The positive thing is that if you are charitably inclined or maybe you've got some other deductions, it'll be much, much easier to itemize as it was prior to 2017. But if you're counting on that big deduction, that's gone. Tax rates are higher. So there's some things that we really need to take a look at in the in the few years that we have before this uh, the sun setting. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to put some hard numbers to it, because I think, you know, I guess we're I was going to say, Randy, I was going to say we're entering political season, but I feel yeah. like a president gets elected and the next day is the campaign season. Right. Yeah, but it's always political season. now. Maybe we're really entering the heat of it. But I think we hear a lot from politicians. Oh, taxes are only going to go up for the wealthy. Right. But reality is, is here's some of the numbers. The 12 percent tax brackets going to 15. Again, this is after December 31st of 2025, as the bill's written. 22% rate goes to 25, 24% rate goes to 28. In fact, all tax rates are scheduled to go up except for the very lowest bracket, you know, and that's a pretty low income threshold. So really, really getting expensive out there, you know, and if you think about it, you know, President Biden said there's going to be no income tax increases for married taxpayers making 400000 or less, but even if the administration holds a line for couples making less than 400000 during his first term, increases are all on the horizon when this previous bill passes. So I think that's something to consider. And Randy, the next dot we have to consider when you think about connecting these dots, if you will, the debt. I yeah. mean, it's uh, 
some pretty scary numbers. The debt is ballooning, and you can see these debt clocks when you're driving around. Uh, there, there are many places. Downtown Milwaukee, there's one. You can look online. And the amount of debt that we have in our country has just exploded in the last few years. A lot of that had to do with COVID. That's a concern. That's going to have to be paid back at some point. You just can't keep uh, leveraging uh, higher and higher and higher. And think about it. With inflation, interest rates are higher, so we're paying more interest on that debt. So government's going to have to, they've got a couple of options when it comes to paying that down. They can either raise taxes or cut spending. So we can probably guess which way that's going to go. It's very difficult to have spending cuts because there's a lot of outrage then when some programs go away. Um, so the other lever that they have is to raise taxes. So if we know we're having a tax increase in just a little over two years when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsets, and then we're probably going to have another one in the future or a few in the future to start paying off this debt, the rates nowadays, they start looking pretty appealing. <laughs> no one likes paying taxes. But I think at some point we're going to look back and look at these years and say, man, those were some, I can't believe it. You know, talking to grandkids, maybe like, wow, you were paying, you were in the 12% bracket, grandpa. Right. I'm in the 88. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I mean, you bring up such a great point. I mean, who wants to pay taxes? But some of the simplest tax planning strategies are saying, hey, let's choose to pay taxes when we want to pay them at the rates we want to pay them at, right? And can we make an election or a decision, if you will, that we're going to consciously pay taxes. Now, think of all the investment vehicles you have. Probably a large portion of your estate, if you're like most Americans, is in that pre-tax retirement account, maybe a 401k or something like it. And, you know, do we want to consider taking that out now? The downside to taking money out, you know, it grew tax deferred all these years, but the downside is when we take it out, it's taxed at these ordinary income tax brackets. But do we want to do that now because it's lower? And Again, we know rates are going up. You know, we have a great chart that we use, Randy, in our office, and it shows the history of the tax rates, right? And if you look at the tax rates historically, we're at a pretty low spot. Mm -hmm. And we're really in a second period in U.S. history where we have more debt than income. You know, that debt to GDP ratio is lopsided, if you will. Last time that happened, you know, the top tax bracket went to 94%. Now, I'm not suggesting it's going to go from, you know, mid-40s right now up to up to 94%, but there's a whole lot of room in between right. mid-40s and 94 to to drift upwards, and that's what we really haven't seen. We've seen the debt increase, we've seen inflation, but we have not really seen taxes rise, and from an economic standpoint, that's a pretty simple answer. Yeah, that's an interesting chart if people want to go look it up, look on the history of federal taxes in the United States. I think you'll be very surprised to see how low they are now. But uh, as you were saying, they, they may not go down to back to 94, but what if they went halfway there? So people will look back and nobody ever wants to pay taxes. When I have this discussion about tax planning with people, I'm like, what are you, especially with a CPA, when you're explaining it to them, wait a minute, you're going to pay the taxes now? Yeah, pay the taxes now at a low rate as opposed to paying them later at a high rate. That's always an interesting conversation. I think it happens, you know, maybe a handful of times a year, especially with a new client. Tax season rolls around. They may have a great CPA they've worked with for many years. And we, although we, you know, do tax returns for our clients, we don't want to step on those toes, of course. And it's always that call, like, what did you do to my client, right? Like they're paying more this year. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you think what you're hiring them to do, and your analogy, Randy, is to look out the rear view mirror, out the back window, and try to get me to pay as little taxes as possible in the past year. What we're saying is, 
is there a way we can save tens of thousands, if not six figures in taxes by electing when we want to pay? That's one of the biggest tricks of the uber wealthy. They choose when and how they're going to pay taxes, right? And if we can also control that in our everyday lives and in our financial plan, in our scenario, in our retirement ready roadmap, then we can oftentimes really come out ahead from a tax perspective. And that's what we really want to look at. And and that's kind of the low lying fruit, Randy. We'll get into later. There's charitable strategies. If you're selling a highly appreciated asset, there's some great ways to avoid those capital gains. So this is one of those topics I love because it's got layers. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get really deep depending on the scenario and we'll do our best to not put anybody to sleep this week. (laughs) But I guess setting the stage, we know this Tax Cut and Jobs Act from 2017, it expires at the end of 2025. So regardless of what we're hearing the politicians saying, you know, they really love to say nobody under 400000 is going to have a tax increase, except for the very lowest bracket. They're all going up on January 2026. Standard deduction is cutting in half. And so now is the time to think about that and plan for that. You and I were talking before we started today. And the reality is every December 31st that clicks by, you've lost a tax calendar year and you've lost an opportunity. So if they don't do anything, which I don't know what your opinion is, Randy, <laughs> but now there's the whole debate about the debt ceiling and you know, everybody's digging their heels in and can't seem to agree on anything. So I think maybe the safest bet is, you know, they can't pass anything at all. So if this tax situation stays the same, that means we have 2023, 24, and 25 to take advantage of these lower brackets. But every December 31st, it clicks by, we've lost one of those three opportunities. And one of the big concepts I think we have to kind of digest, Randy, is if you're kind of thinking about and preparing for the upcoming tax rate increase, you really need to have some long-term thinking. Right. So you have to take a look at And the picture becomes a little bit more vague the further out you get. But if you talk to anybody and say, do you think taxes are going down? I haven't heard anybody in several years say, yes, I think they're going down. So best case, they're going to stay the same. Worst case, they're going to go up. We know they're going up in a couple of years, but they may go up much further than that. So to take a look at what does the financial plan look like? It's not just, hey, I've got X amount of dollars. If the X dollars are all in a pre-tax account, you have a very different retirement situation than if that same amount is in in an after-tax account. Uh, ideally, you'd like to have what we call tax equilibrium, some accounts pre-tax, some current tax, some after-tax, so you have some tax flexibility when creating your retirement paycheck. But taking a look at that, and it's not just about, because you hear, and we've talked about this in the past, and it's a pet peeve of mine, these, these national media that say you need a million or 2.5 million or 10 million to retire. That's not the case. It's based on your expenses, which is another show. But if that 1 million, 2.5 million, 10 million is in an IRA, that's not all yours. So it's a, it's a healthy amount, but to have to factor in when are the taxes coming out and if something's left over, how are the taxes going to come out for the next generation who's inheriting that? So it really takes a, it, 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 you really need to take a look at that. It's probably going to have a bigger impact on your retirement than what everybody is very passionate about is the portfolio returns. Those are very important. But with some of these tax strategies where it's, you know, six or even seven figures in tax savings, that's going to have a dramatically bigger impact on your retirement than getting, you know, one or two or three percent better in your portfolio. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational, no obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, that, that that's for sure. And I think, you know, it's just, I guess the nature of the world we live in, there's so much focus on a portfolio and what's your rate of return. And pl- please don't misinterpret that. I, I'm not suggesting that your investments are not important. Um, our colleague Brad always has a great line, do you have a portfolio or a plan, mm-hmm. right? And and I think the reality is most people do have a portfolio, not a plan. And when you really dig down, you know, we think your retirement ready roadmap really ought to address five unique areas to have a successful retirement. And when you really drill down in some of those areas, to your point, you know, it can have a much bigger impact than investing more aggressively and getting another percentage or two out, which, you know, the market corrects and now you really get stung, right? I mean, taking on more risk is not always the best answer in retirement. For some people, it might be. But but for a lot of people, it may not be. But there are some other ways you can really make that portfolio or that plan last. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's probably, I'd be interested to hear your experience, but over my career, the number one question I've heard is some version of, do I have enough? Am I going to be okay? And what people may or may not realize they're asking when they ask an advisor that is you're really not asking, do I have enough? You're asking, am I going to have the income I need to survive inflation, to survive market correctionary periods? And that's kind of the ugly, scary stuff, but also to survive, you know, doing the fun stuff, the bucket Mm -hmm. list stuff, right? Am I going to have the income I need to do that for decades and decades? And a lot of these strategies really do help us stretch the length of the portfolio. There was a couple uh, that came in not too long ago. And the first thing I did for them, Randy, is I simply changed the order in which we were taking their income to take advantage of some better tax strategies. Added about nine years to the wow. length of the portfolio. Just that one simple, we didn't touch the investments yet. We didn't implement any tax strategy. We just changed the order in which they were taking out the money. So these little things may seem inconsequential, but they can make a big, big difference in the long run. And getting that right, I think, is so important. And, and I think the other thing we have to think about, I was actually just listening to a program this morning. They were talking about the Social Security Fund running out. And, and I think there's so much debate on how to handle that. But I think one question we have to ask is, could Social Security face more taxes? Yeah, there's some pretty easy fixes when people say that, what if Social Security runs out? Um, two that that come to mind that it would be very easy to fix. One would be to continue to take taxes out for Social Security beyond a certain income. Right now there's a cap for some of our higher paid listeners. You may realize that maybe September, October, November you know, rolls around and suddenly your check got bigger because you've already maxed what you can put into Social Security. They could remove that max. Yeah, that would be a pretty easy fix that most of the uh, most Americans wouldn't have a problem with that could only affect the uh, the higher income. Another one would be to change some of the dates. It used to be the full retirement age, which I, I'd rather use the term full benefit age. It has really nothing to do with retirement. It's the full benefit. It used to be 65 years old. They've expanded it up to 67. You know, they could, they could, that could go to 68 or 69 with increasing life expectancies and maybe don't have 62 be the start date, have it be 63, 64, 65. Um, they'd have to backdate that because somebody who's been planning on a certain you know strategy couldn't have that go away um, but th- those would be relative easy and then they could just they could just increase the taxes or change the tax law to have different funds going there so most of the things that would happen are going to cost us more money as a society maybe not individually but we do need to factor in 
Social Security also being taxable when you receive it. This is a big shock for a lot of people. Like, what do you mean? I paid in all those years and now they're going to they're going to tax my Social Security that's coming in as income. So for for most people, you fall in that you know, 50 to 85 percent of it is taxed. You always get back at least 15 percent free. But uh, some people get a little bit of sticker shock when when they find that out. So, you know, the government's <laughs> they're taking the money on the way in and they're also taking it on the way out. But if you are aware of all these things and working with somebody that's got the tools and the expertise, you can you know put together a plan and say, OK, we're going to wait with Social Security because we don't want that taxable income. And we're going to do some some moving money and paying the taxes, a Roth conversion in the early years. And then this pension turns on or the pension turns off. And, and what I think one of the biggest kicks I get is seeing people that have never had a plan. You know, that's like you said before, Brad says they have a portfolio with no plan. When you put it together and they see it like, okay, I'm going to be okay at 100. That opens up a whole bunch of other things. Or you're not going to be okay. Then we have to make some changes to get there. Yeah, the Social Security thing to me is always kind of interesting. You know, sometimes when we we teach some classes specifically about Social Security and a lot of people don't realize there's strategies to get get more money out of Social Security. But, you know, it's interesting to me if I have primarily a crowd that's maybe approaching retirement, has not started Social Security, I will sometimes ask the question, how many people think Social Security is taxable? You know, and most people at that point say, well, how can it be taxable? It is a tax. Like, I've already been taxed for this system, right? And and now the people, of course, who are already collecting it know the harsh truth that right. reality is for most people. In some scenarios, it may not be taxable, but for most people, it is. And at the highest level, they can include 85% of it to be taxed at whatever ordinary income tax rate you're in. So, you know, that does need to be accounted for. And that's the interesting thing to me, Randy, about some of these tax strategies. If we're electing and maybe choosing, if we're, especially if we're fortunate enough to meet you in late 50s, early 60s, maybe you retired early, and we're choosing to take advantage of these lower tax rates later, we've created some accounts that are growing tax-free, coming out tax-free, passing on a loved one's tax-free, and later we might be able to on paper get you in a pretty low bracket where you're either not paying anything uh, tax-wise on Social Security or very, very little, so you're keeping more of that. Well, if I get to keep more of my Social Security, I don't have to take as much out of my checking account and my investments to supplement. And guess what? We get back to that big question. My money lasts longer. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking we haven't used the tax-free sound effect for quite a while. Oh, we'll yeah. Have to, we'll that's have to get right. back I to that. I forgot Tax-free. I forgot which button it is. Here we go. Tax-free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good reminder. I love that. Too. I appreciate that, buddy. But yeah, and I think I, I know we're going through a lot and maybe you're driving, running some errands this weekend or, you know, wherever you might be in between stops and, and sometimes trying to listen to this and follow it may sound very complex, but I think the great part and and the thing I appreciate so much about you, Brad, all everybody on the team here is we can take these very complex concepts and ideas and we have some great tools, but, but also everyone's skill level. We have some great ways to explain this in ways that are simple to understand because it's really important to us to not only get the right plan, but get a plan that you understand. Because if you don't understand it, you're going to be worried, you know, concerned. And if you're not kind of relaxing in retirement and doing all that fun stuff, I think we've missed the mark. So I think it's really important. Now we have some clients that, you know, really love this topic and we can get pretty deep and nerdy. I'm kind of a numbers geek. So, you know, we can go there. But I would say the vast majority of our clients just want to know, are we going to be okay? 
And I think there's some great tools and some great expertise we can use to really show you in a simple, sophisticated way that you are going to be okay. But this week, Randy, we're talking about the reality that the 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act is expiring at the end of 2025. So regardless of what these politicians and their commercials are telling us right now that, you know, tax rate increases are only going to happen for the ultra wealthy, it is really going to happen to every tax bracket except for the very lowest, which has just a tiny income threshold. So taxes are set to go up for all of us. And we've been talking about some strategies, some ways to maybe get smarter, look forward, think about the long term and, and kind of coming up with a tax plan for the long term. But there's also one of the challenges with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, Randy, was, you know, the standard deduction used to be in half and they doubled it, which was nice. But that meant a lot of people could no longer deduct their charitable contributions. So if you're putting 20 bucks in the basket at church each week or maybe giving to a charity that's important to you, suddenly a lot of people couldn't write that off. And I think hopefully everyone kept giving out of the generosity of their heart, um, although I think the, the data showed that charitable giving actually went down a little bit. Yes. But there are some strategies you can do that aren't very well known that are available to all of us. Yeah. Uh, one of the very common conversations we have with new families that we meet is they say, well, I, do I have to take this RMD? You know, I don't need it. And I have to remind them that the, the R stands for required. There's no way to really get around it. But there's something that not a lot of people know about, unless you're listeners to our show. We talk about it every once in a while. Something called a qualified charitable distribution. So in the past, what people would do when the uh, standard deduction was lower and it was easier to reach the, um, the, the benefit of itemizing, you give money to uh, a charity and then you can write that off on your taxes. You know, what's even better than writing it off in your taxes is giving it away tax-free. So what a QCD works is rather than you pull the money out, you pay the taxes and then write it off, it goes directly from your IRA to the charity. You never touch it. You don't pay taxes on it. And you can, you can actually start that at age 70 and a half. If you remember a few years ago, that was the RMD age and it's since moved to 72 and now 73. They never changed the RMD age. So there's people that are pre-RMD that are doing QCDs to stick with a lot of TLAs, three letter acronyms. Uh, <laughs> I'm lost, Randy. <laughs> yeah. I'll draw a picture. So the, the the QCD will go directly out of your IRA to the charity. And you can do um, you, you can do more, you can do over up to $100,000. So for somebody that wants to give to charity, does not need the RMD, just a real simple bit of tax planning is to do a qualified charitable distribution to a charity. One thing to keep in mind, because this mistake is made all the time, there is nothing on your tax return that has a checkbox for QCD. You have to let your tax preparer know that you have to put that, actually, I have to write that on the withdrawal line. Otherwise, you will pay taxes for it. So that's just one strategy that a lot of people that don't need their RMD are, and are charitably inclined are happy to take advantage of. Another one is something called a donor advised fund. So let's say, you know, the standard deduction is about 30 grand and you give away $1,000 a month. So at 12,000, you're not going to be able to itemize that because you're not even close to that standard deduction. But let's say you put away 10 years worth and went into a donor advised fund. So you put away, you know, not the $1,000 a month, that's 12,000 in a year, 120,000 in a decade. You put it into this donor advised fund. You can write the entire amount off in one year. And the nice thing is you can still distribute the money over 10 years. So the charitable organizations that you're working with, there's no change for them, but you're actually able to get 
what could be a significant tax benefit by taking advantage of this idea. So a lot of people have been very excited by that, that are, we, we work with a lot of very, very uh, generous giving people that are charitably inclined. And a lot of these, these uh, strategies really, their eyes light up when you can tell them like, I can do something good and save money on taxes. <laughs> well, I think the neat part, Randy, too, is I, I've had a number of couples over the years that I guess I don't know a gentle way to say it, but maybe weren't initially as charitably inclined. But when I showed them some of the tax benefits of layering these strategies, suddenly they were willing to, to give right. to charity. So charity wins. They win from a tax perspective. It's great for everybody. But it's really a matter of layering these strategies. So imagine earlier, Randy talked about taking some pre-tax 401k dollars, taking advantage of these lower tax rates and converting them to a Roth IRA, right? Then it grows tax-free. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Comes out tax-free, passes on to your loved ones tax-free. But the downside to that, and, and this is the part where the you know accountants sometimes say, hey, what are you doing? The downside is in the current year, your actual hard tax bill is going to go up, mm -hmm. right? Because we're choosing to pay a lower rate. Now, what if we also put in a charitable strategy and we got a deduction back? and could maybe eliminate or reduce that additional taxation. Now we can do a bigger Roth conversion, or we can do that same Roth conversion and really minimize or eliminate the tax bill. So there's some great effects of layering these together, which is really, really impactful. And, and I think that's, Randy, where some of the magic starts to happen. Right, and there's a term that I like, the, the Rothification of America. Some people are like, well, is the government gonna get mad if we do this? I'm like, it benefits everybody. If we can pay lower taxes now, the government loves it because they'd rather have a little bit of money now than a whole lot more later. So there is no cap on a Roth conversion. Now, we don't recommend this, but you could do $10 million. We want to be very surgical with the dollar amount we pick so that we're getting right up to the edge of the top of the bracket we want to be in, but they're not going to stop you. So the government doesn't mind. You're not going to mind. It's one of those things that very rarely works for everybody. Yeah, that is very rare, but you know, it, it does, it does really benefit people. I think that is the reality, right? I mean, our government, I mean, if you looked at the government, like your own personal checkbook, you would say they're broke. They're spending a lot more than they're taking in. And, and I think, you know, the, the Ross, although it can benefit us in the long term, it gives them some revenue now. Maybe it's not great for income for the government long term, but um, really, really great for us. And there's also, Randy, some other more advanced tax strategies. You know, I don't want to put anybody to sleep while they're driving around tuning in. But, you know, there are some great strategies where, you know, let's say, for example, you're selling a highly appreciated asset. What the heck does that mean? Maybe it's a building that you bought and it's gone up in value quite a bit. Maybe it's a stock that you bought a long time ago that's gone. And maybe it's a business, right? It could be a number of different things. And I think so many times over the years, Randy, we've heard people say, well, I really would like to sell this, but I just don't want to pay the taxes. Well, there are some great strategies that can get fairly complicated, but there's some great strategies you can do. You know, imagine you had a build, let's say for simple numbers, has a million dollars in appreciation. So if I if I sell it, you know, simple math, I'm going to pay, you know, capital gains on a million dollars. Maybe that's 15, 20, up to 23.8%, depending on your income brackets. But what if I were to title that into a charitable trust? So when I sell it, charities don't pay any taxes, right? And that charitable trust then is going to pay me out an income. So I'm creating a pension-like income for myself in retirement. 
So we've eliminated that capital gains bill and we've gotten a large deduction for donating to that charitable trust. Now you might say, Tony, well, that's great, but now that asset is gone. It's not in my estate anymore. Well, remember that charitable trust is going to pay out income. So if you're healthy, what if we use that additional income you weren't planning on anyway to buy life insurance to now replace that asset in the estate, but now we've replaced it income tax-free, plus we picked up a large deduction. Maybe we can do a Roth or something else without paying any tax bills. So I, I know I went through a lot there, especially if you're driving around, but point is there's a lot of different strategies. The mistake is to not talk about it, or maybe it's a mistake to work with a with an advisor or a team that doesn't know how to implement these strategies, because it can really truly have a massive impact on the longevity of your dollars. And, you know, we're talking about even some of these simple strategies. It's not uncommon that we can see six figures in savings over a 30 year retirement. And I think that is a massive amount of money, and that can make a big difference in people's retirements. And Randy, as we've discussed today, the implications of potential tax increases, especially following the recent Fitch rating downgrade, the looming expiration of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, can't ignore it. Your retirement plans and your ability to enjoy these golden years can be profoundly influenced by these tax scenarios. So working with a financial advisor who's adept at navigating these intricacies can make all the difference. Our experienced team is poised to help you strategize, be proactive, and potentially keep more money in your pocket for that dream retirement. With 2025 right around the corner, possible tax hikes on the horizon, now is not the time to wait. Proactive movement today can help lead to significant savings and confidence tomorrow. Why not arm yourself with a robust tax management strategy that can cater to your specific needs? We'd love to help. You can connect with us at retirementreadyshow.com. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.